2: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Proper Class Podcast. I'm Hannah Chiswick. And I'm Laura Checkley. And we are, of course, here to celebrate all things working class, because if we don't...
1: Everyone else, say it! Who bloody will? See, no one joins in. Michelle, come in and say (laughs) Michelle's our producer, by the way. Um, As always, we sit down with a working-class hero to celebrate their life and achievements and discuss just how they got to where they are today. And on that note, who are we celebrating this week, Han? Well, I'll be honest, I don't know who is more excited about this episode's guest, me or Laura.
2: Anyway, (laughs) this week's guest has been in show business for over 45 years, and she began her career performing as a singer in working men's clubs before getting a break on Opportunity Knox in 1974. Where, if the internet is to be believed, she came second to a singing Jack Russell. (laughs) (laughs) She's had an extensive career as a stage actress, off appearing in the West End as well as touring nationally and internationally. In musicals and plays, including Me and My Girl, Godspell, Shout, Annie, Grease, Don't Dress for Dinner, Habeas Corpus, Romeo and Juliet,
1: Sweet Charity and Little Shop of Horrors, to name just a few. Alongside all of that, she has been gracing our TV screens for decades as a guest and presenter on virtually every talk show and variety show ever made. But more notably, appearing in TV classics such as Two Up, Two Down and You Rang My Lord. However, she is, of course, best known for playing one of TV's favourite ever characters, the lovable chalet maid, Peggy, in the legendary TV hit hi High. hi Famed for her signature dress sense, and I can tell you right now, she's not letting us down
2: today. I can tell you from personal experience, she is as an exceptional a straight actress as she is a comedian. A national treasure, and one of life's genuinely loveliest people. Listeners, give it up for the one-time winner of Rear of the Year. <laughs> the
0: one, the only, Sue Oh, girls, I'm absolutely delighted. I want to cry. I couldn't have written a better biog myself. I mean, it just, ah, you've done your research so well because a lot of people, sadly, they don't. I'll tell you why. A great example of that was I was on a radio show and then he said, tell me, what's it like to be um, Gladys Pugh? I said, well, like, <laughs> you better as Ruth Maddox. I mean, obviously, poor son, that straight away, you've got a bit of a hurdle to climb. Oh, no. Oh, bless him. I said, never mind. But, but that was oh, lovely, actually. But as we were doing that mm. list, though, I could see you're a bit itchy in your chair, like you felt a bit uncomfortable Oh, with I it. can't stand it. Why? If anybody ever says to me, oh, no, no. I get the beam because I'm thinking, oh, you forget that you've been fortunate enough to do all that work. Mm. But actually... Uh, I'd far rather talk about some of these... Uh, what are you up to now, John? And uh, I said, well, I'm doing this. Anyway, let's hear about you. I don't like it. Never liked it. So, Sue, we start each week
1: asking our guests to take us back to a place and time that has some meaning to them, somewhere that has a connection to their working class roots. So, if you were able to today, if you could take us back, where would you take us? Yes,
0: I would take you back to... The uh, Beast and Miner's Welfare, Mm. right, because I think you mentioned earlier in the introduction. And this guy that uh, used to play the piano, he was an MD at uh, the Cooperative Arts Theatre. In those days, the actual co op spent money, not just on groceries, but money on a big amateur theatre. Oh. Oh, it was tremendous. We did about 10 shows a year. They had all the proper stuff. They had a musical theatre um, company, and then they had a drama company. You could audition for all of them. Yeah. Anyway, this particular chap, Jack, he said, I reckon I could get you a few gigs at the Working Men's Club, you know, what do you fancy? I said, well, do you know what? I'd like to give that a go. He said, because look, he said, all we need to do is spend two or three hours. He said, we'll just do a set. We'll do some song choices. He said, you'll be able to get really good experience. And I said, oh, do you know, I'm going to do it then. So I just did a few gags, you know, just silly, silly little things like, what's the fastest cake in the world? (laughs) Scone. It's a good, real sophisticated enjoyment, you know. And then... so I did a few of those, then I did a few songs that Jack had um, actually, he'd arranged for them. You know, one segued into another, which yeah, I thought was Yeah, so like was variety, really... it was like 25 minutes of sort of variety, yeah. 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 And it was really nice actually, because one segued into the other and everything and things like that, that. So I really learned a lot from that. Yeah.
2: So that's obviously like where you started performing,
0: but tell us a bit about your childhood. Where did you grow up? What was it like? Where you lived? And... grew up in Nottingham. And um, I knew that I was never going to really fit in there. As Why? A, because when I was six years old, I asked for a polka dot dress. <laughs> I got the polka dot dress and then I said, I'd actually like, almost like a court jester's app, if you like. I want one yellow tight and one blue one. Nice which I thought, be, well, it was never heard of then. You know, you, you just didn't get them in those colours for a start. No, yeah, of course not. And so it, my mother went, oh, no, oh, dear. Then she to said to me, Dad, I think our soon's going to be a bit of a handful because she don't like anything that I've offered her at CNA. <laughs> no, she took me to CNA and <laughs> said, so I don't like any of this. Oh, go on, just give it a go. Anyway, that is when you realise if any anybody, whatever sex they are, if they have... Shall we say an inclination to go towards something that is not the norm? Yeah. Then, because people don't understand, it's never been in their life remit. You know, they've never met yeah. anybody in their family. They they just can't seem to accept it. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, "Oh, oh, that's an interesting yeah. look or something," you know, they'll yeah. go, "Oh, right." And then, as as an example, I can tell you that you know you, you have to be quite resilient whatever if you want to be yourself in anything you've got yeah. to have belief that you know you're not just doing it you're doing it because this is what you want to be and uh, years years ago people who didn't know what you're doing sort of they, and they used to say what have you come as because they thought you're in fancy really? dress mm. yeah and then, you know, whatever. So you'd have to go, oh, I said, you know, I didn't know what to put. And so I just put everything I could think of on, you know, and they don't know what to say. And then, and then this um, other person said, it was really funny. I got off a train to do Godspell in Liverpool. I was off the train and two guys, I had a feather bow around my neck, and one of them got one side and the other one got the other side and pulled it. and so, oh, there's strangle! welcome <laughs> to Liverpool. And anyway, <laughs> I don't
1: <want> to <laughs> So you grew up in Nottingham? Yeah. And when did the idea first form that you go, I want to be an actress, I want to sing and When I that want to was dance. about
0: six, there I was, I stood on a box. And it was made and put together by the teacher. And it was just an ordinary cardboard box, absolutely gaffer to death. There we were on the box. And I say, fear not, Mary, the angel Gabriel will send a messenger because you are with child. And then sadly, I think I was a bit overzealous and I fell through the box. <laughs> the lid, well, it won't be, the bloody tape was obviously too, you know. Did you get think. a big laugh? Well,
1: you enormous. <laughs>
0: there
1: you go. Uh, and that's when it was, yeah, that's
0: how it all began. Think, oh. I, yeah, I yeah. think so. And then my um, headmistress, Miss Lee, l double and um, she said to me one day, why are you wearing your school gabardine like an opera cloak? Because <laughs> my arms weren't in it. You know, I just did it <laughs> round my neck, you know, that bow at the front. And I said, well, I just like it, Miss. She says, not in my school, you don't. Anyway, so she said, come to my room afterwards. She's very nice, actually, to be fair, Miss Lee. And she said, I think you quite possibly have theatrical leanings. (laughs) (laughs) Really? No. (laughs) No. So she said, I think there's an outlet for you. I said, oh, how lovely, Miss. What do you think I should do? She said, I have a gentleman friend called Mr White, who runs the Co-op Arts Theatre. She said, I think you should join. And it was um, two and six a year. That was what you had to pay. Right, right. And um, Mr White was absolutely marvellous. He said, yes, I think you could, um, you could be all right. He said, you could probably learn, you know, a decent craft here because we used to have visitors and we used to have people um, that used to come along that were appearing at the playhouse or something. All right. And they used, to, they used to come round and uh, talk to us about, you know, this is what. So I knew then, though, I thought, and I, was, I took it very seriously, and I didn't miss a rehearsal. And what did you? What did your parents feel about you wanting to, you know, go along to this theatre? Oh, they loved it. They said, did "Well, they? yeah, they used to come. Everything you saw, you see, did they? amazing." Yeah, I was terribly lucky, darling. I had so much support from them. It was absolutely bloody marvellous. They never once poo pooed anything. The only, the only thing that I didn't get at one point was when I wanted to go into showbiz properly and earn some money, and they said, "You can do it on one condition." that you do a shorthand typing course. <laughs> mm-hmm. what, did your, um, what did your dad do as a job? What was his...? My dad, first of all, he worked in Players' Woodyard factory making cigarette um, boxes, big packing boxes, for sending the fags abroad. Right, right? Okay. And also just, you know, in, in, uh, in Britain. But you know what? I always used to say, Dad... Well, I didn't say it to him because he was, you know, quite a proud bloke, and he, wouldn't, he would have been offended if I'd said, "I think you should go and um, do something better." You're clever. Anyway, he <laughs> did. He did get employed as a data processing officer wow. for the same company, which meant he was in charge of all the wages and he had to make sure that all the computers, well, the IT as was then. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And it, but he was he was marvellous. And then Hilda was the housewife. And then when... Hilda, Hilda's your mum. Yeah, Hilda's mum. I've never called her mum because I was a... Well, until I was 15, I was a hippie. And then I said, I can't call you mum because you've got your own name, Hilda. <laughs> No, I said, I think I should call you Hilda. Did she mind? No. No? Oh, she, she was oh. smiling and I think she was secretly quite please. But my dad went, you're not calling me, Don. I can't <laughs> have that. <laughs> so you, you've done your typing. So your mum's told you you're all right. You can
2: carry on doing what you want to do. And uh, you've been doing the Working Men's Club. What happens after that? So how do you get
0: your break and what happens? like? Uh, well, you know, years ago, the stage newspaper, which I still believe we have, but it's more yeah. or less online now, yeah, I think. Mostly online, yeah. I think, Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. So there was an advert in the stage newspaper and it said people required. Now, they used to call it chorus then. There's nothing wrong with chorus because the opera still say, uh, I'm in the opera chorus. But of course, sadly, musical theatre decided to change it to ensemble. (laughs) Talk about pretentious. Anyway, so there they are. And I said, I'd love to give this a go. I said to my dad, "I want to be a pro now. I think I'm, I'm old enough. I want to leave my job, so I'm going." And um, they said, um, "All right then, you know, good luck." So I and went. And what was to, this for? What show was it? This, is the, this was for the Desert Song. Oh, with you know, my desert is waiting. No, I can't see all the voice—you've lowered in. It's fantastic. Anybody that might be listening to this and might even remember it themselves or get their grandmother or whatever to say, it was of its day, darling. It was your Andrew Lloyd Webber's. Okay, yeah. Right, yeah. It was Sigmund Romberg. Right. Oh, I've never even heard of it. Yeah. I know, it's fantastic. With the fabulous um, John Hansen. He was that that time, he was what you might call one of the lovely crooners of of the West End and films and all that. And it was marvellous. And I went, oh, this will be fabulous. I can't wait. Anyway, I got there and he said, um, can you come back at five o'clock? They did the um, audition. You had to sing and that, you know. And I'd just been in the amateur production of The Desert Song. Oh, brilliant. So I was lucky because I'd got my music and everything. Anyway, he said, come back and you'll have a dancing rehearsal. So I got back, you know, and I went, oh, no, please, dancing, The four words in the English language. Five, six, seven, eight, what am I going to do? But all we have to do is, like, waltz. I mean, I know that's we right. can waltz, it's a bit one, two, two, one, two, two. So that's easy. So I got the, uh, got the part in the ensemble and, oh, it was fabulous.
2: You have an amazing, amazing work ethic, Mm. like an unbelievable work ethic. You're such a hard worker. You were always in there before me in the morning, doing your lines, working hard. Do you think that comes partly from having a working class background where like you work hard? Whatever it is that you do, you work hard.
0: Well, I think you're totally right because once again, you see, if you have, you have been given an example Of a good work ethic, whatever that might include, whether it does mean that you have to be there at a certain time because Mm. it's a knock on effect and -hmm. you will then disrupt somebody else's routine. Like my daddy said, Well, you've only got a cold, you know, you get to work. Yeah. Oh, daddy. No, come on, you'll soon, it'll soon be off after two hours. Oh, okay then. And you found that you actually didn't want to let anybody down so that you instill that in yourself. Yeah. One thing my dad always said as well. Now, look, Sue. He said, "When you get to London, you'll probably find that because you're not from, shall we say, a middle class background, or, or shall we say." upper working class I quite like that I don't know whether they call it upper working class well if they don't they should do it now then so many people think that working class means it has to be bleak all the time that it has
1: to be like (laughs) a struggle I think there are you're right there's different levels isn't there and there are lots of working class people succeeding and doing well and doing all right for themselves it's like suddenly this idea of it all has to be bleak all the time and I know it, it can be it can be but you're right. I do think there's different levels for me because I think about it a lot. But I feel like working class is partly to do
2: with having to work or certainly to come from a background where you have to work. It's not a choice. Like it's a choice that we have made to make our living the way we make it, but we still have had to make a living. Yeah. It's not like we can sit about for years and then doing, doing nothing. That project, I don't
0: fancy. I've got to do it. it? I'll I need the wait money. Six
2: months. Certainly in the early part of your career, you must have needed to work, right? Oh, you I couldn't Oh,
0: darling, I absolutely did. And you were terrified. I mean, I was so, so lucky. I know that I could go from one job to the next simply because having been in the chorus of the Desert Song, where we went once to (laughs) Cardiff and John Anson went, oh, they can't even spell the uh, title of the show, right? Two S's, dessert song. (laughs) He went, oh, this don't bode well for the week, does it? we got the bloody poster wrong. I mean... (laughs) I was lucky to be able to get one job after the other for certainly the first two or three years. And that was in the days, darlings, when you had a full year's work Mm. and you never missed a week. It was a proper dairy, as I call it, dairy full of dates. yeah, Because you were there, because that was the contract. And then I finished that and the producer that booked us for the Desert Song said, right, I'm taking John Hansen out now and another show. Because obviously he was a big, you know, big, really lovely man, a great star then. And he was in Rosemary, another, yet another one of could be an early Andrew Lloyd Webber entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a job in that. I got elevated from the chorus then to, um, I think I was, I played the part of uh, Lady Jane. That was marvellous. I loved all that. And then I got a job in Godspell. Oh, mm-hmm. darling, I was in that for two years. Were you? Um, was that touring West End, was it? Yeah, yeah. it was both, actually. We were yeah. really lucky. So we had a short season at the Shaftesbury, a short season, say six weeks or so, at the uh, Duke of Yorks, so and then we did another six months at the Phoenix right. Theatre. So, darling, we had great money coming in for two years. Wow, yeah. yeah. Well, you could save a bit. So that's when I thought... And when, how old were you then, Sue? What was... I think by then I'd be about... Twenty-seven. Right. So, okay. So, was this was this
1: before Opportunity Knocks, or was this no? After? This was um,
0: this was after. Right. Because when I went and uh, appeared in Opportunity Knocks, I remember it. Do you remember, no, Opportunity Knocks. Oh, fabulous! <laughs> I think ha, I think the theme tune was catchier than the axe. <laughs> Anyway, so so opportunity knocks before all of this. Yes, because my friend, what you had to those days, if you had a friend of a friend that said, "I've got somebody that I think would be all right for your show," they were only after amateurs or just right, n- not really professionals yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. Although Victoria Wood went on it, dear. That was a yeah. Her, yeah well, that well, was a big thing. Stars have come
1: for it. it was well, Les if, Dennis yeah. Opportunity Knox? Uh, I think he might have been New Face. but it was yeah.
0: yeah. similar, yeah.
2: you know, the same. And, and so how old were you on right, Opportunity
0: Knox? I think I must have been then. I probably was then about uh 23. And did you really lose to a singing jack russell? Oh yes. <laughs> yes, it was the most appalling experience. I mean, not really because of course my confidence plummeted. Come on. Time low. But come on, could it sing? Ah, yeah, but you see, not really. I did um I was trying to do a bit of digging about
1: this morning because I was like I'm going to go on YouTube see if I can um, spot this uh, find this singing jack russell, but um you you came up the singing jack russell didn't, so I guess who's laughing
0: now? What was your TV break? What, what what when you I think my T V break was actually a commercial and um I was in it with Liz Estenson and Liz had a big break as well with Polly James and the Liva Birds. Of course, oh yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. And and she's now in Emmerdale, of course. She plays part of Diane. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So marvelous woman she is. I loved her. Well, I've always been very lucky. What was your it? advert? What was it? It was um for a sucker? A what? I know. Beg your pardon. pardon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what sort of
0: advert is this? Yeah. <laughs> like a, a plunger, toilet <laughs> plunger. No, it was a, a an ice lolly. We oh, we call yes, calling suckers. <laughs> of course, <laughs> in Nottingham, and people have said to me, when oh, I beg your asked, pardon, I remember asked for my my first sucker when I first came to London, he went." What the fuck? I said, <laughs> He said, you've got to be careful what you ask for, dear. And how to explain what it was. Two going into shops asking for Could a sucker. Yeah. <laughs> it was route. no, it was hilarious. But so you get to learn, don't you, different sayings from different places. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And we were nuns dressed as nuns. And it was it was the interval and we went outside to go and buy a striped lolly. Right. You know, you know, with that strawberry striping and, and you got the oh, chocolate lovely. on the Oh yeah, but you felt sick. Yeah. You yeah. Know, they so many take. takes. Yeah. Oh god. I've never I've never had one since I was I didn't feel good. So but so you, then you see you get more you get more shall we say contacts when yeah, things like yeah. that. Yeah. So you do
1: one bit of telly and work breeds work, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I mean obviously we've got to talk about Heidi high. When did that happen for you and what was that experience like? Cuz that really that was stratospheric kind of fame oh yeah it? Heidi High has, was so huge you know yeah, I grew, up, really I grew like up, up watching it one of my first
0: impressions was was you like oh. Heidi High oh I hi. <laughs> know it's <was> unbelievable Heidi High <laughs> <laughs> no but anyway to go back to what you said I was in Greece at the time I mean you know the show yeah yeah Greece and uh, suddenly the agent Richard Stone then who sadly died but darling he knew everybody he had Benny Hill as a client uh, Victoria Ward all sorts of magic people yeah and I was lucky to get him, you know, and he said, look, he said, people are looking for a cast. There's a new show. It's based on a holiday camp set in the 60s and stuff. He said, they haven't got a script as such yet, but they just want to meet people. So, of course, I went up to uh, Je- um, Jimmy's flat. Luckily, I didn't have to go to the BBC. They just wanted to see you in their environment. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, oh dear, 109 steps, dear, because it was no lift. Yeah. It was in a... SW1.
1: It's the worst, isn't it? Going to an audition, but you've got to go up a flight of stairs and you're out of breath getting in. Are you ready to come in now, Laurie? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It's awful, (laughs) isn't it? Trying to be relaxed.
0: Yeah. What have you come for? (laughs) Oxygen. Yeah. (laughs) It's so true. And I knocked on the door. And he came to the door, Jimmy Perry. He said, No, we don't want any pe- pegs, thank you. I said, No, I'm not a gypsy because I got old, a bowler hat on and a feather and an Afghan coat smelling of patchouli. <laughs> you know, so I, was, <laughs> I don't want any pegs. Oh, we got it. I said, No, 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 we're not a gypsy. I've come for the chat. <laughs> so I went in and basically, you know, what have you done? Da, 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 da. And you didn't hear anything for a year.
2: Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to slash acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. I mean, obviously, like Law said, that was like it absolutely catapulted you to being a household name. Mm. How did you handle that? How did your family handle that? What was it
0: like to suddenly be famous? I I can tell you from both sides. My side, it was, I went to Chapel Market. For anybody that might know it, it's in North London, near the Angel Tube. And these people kept looking at me and I kept smiling. I think we'd been on for three weeks or something, you know. And I think she's in that show. Go, Go and ask her, go and ask her. And anyway, nobody bothered. And then, <laughs> uh, a few weeks after that, um, somebody said, um, I've been watching Heidi. High says, I'm sure you play that part of the Major. I said, w-, and I went... Yes, I do, actually. I went all posh. I mean, how ridiculous. I mean, I don't know why I went posh. <laughs> it's probably because deep down, it, you probably thought you were Successes Success
2: taught. is connected to that. somehow yeah, like yeah, that one she, Successful speak people. My grandma used to do that. When yeah. she answered the phone, she would answer the phone she'd go, hello. You know, she was an My East End woman. My still does it. mum's phone voice that you thought somehow that is how My you're supposed to does sound yeah. in a formal
1: or so successful they, situation my mum works at mm. solicitors not particularly posh solicitors but it's a solicitors nonetheless and she answers the phone and it's very Hello, Lightfoot's. And they say, all right, oh, mum, yeah. it's me.
0: Oh, hello, love. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's, but she still does it. She still does it. Because you know, it is, you're right, it. Hannah, it is weird. But we, also, you so, don't forget, if you're a receptionist or people don't like being called that, do they? Um, you know, the front of house. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, but they're usually now, they're representing the firm. So I guess the employers don't want somebody that's going, um, Lightfoot's. Yeah, but why not, Sue? Do you know what I mean? Also, like, what's yeah. wrong with that? Also, so you've done your posh voice to your, the people in yeah, chat market. Went, oh dear, this is no good. And then I got used to it a bit more. It's not the fact that you think, you know, you don't believe your own publicity. The fact is that we did it for ten years, so you kind of do get to know how to handle it. Yeah, you don't, you don't ignore the people. Tony Curtis once said, "Never ever ignore the public." He said. Um, I talk always about some Like It Hot because if you don't and you don't acknowledge that, people are saying, you've dismissed their memories. Have they they pretended all these years that they've never seen that show? Mm. Yeah. So, Mm. you can't. So, I learned how to handle stuff and then, of course, you get a follow-on because you're a new person on the TV. You get and as also, you, you know, you're not hard to spot either, Sue, because of your
1: amazing, amazing dress sense as well. Yeah. So you're never going to, like, fade no. into the background, No, and the thing you? is, <laughs> you're not
0: putting your dark glasses on. <laughs> no. Well, I've never liked that, dear, because you trip up, you know, you can't find the <laughs> bloody pavement in you in the goods before you know it. So were you still getting on the bus, Sue? Were you still trying
1: to Oh, live, yes, live I still that? get on the bus. Yeah. yeah, but did you at the time, at the height of Heidi High, Were you? did you
0: sort of shrink and go, do you know what, I'm going to get a cab, I'm going to... I think you do tend to get a cab because it's like... Um, You've only got to get one person come up to you. And then uh, Yeah. And you know, that person, God love them, is probably taking one hour to pluck up the courage. Yeah. Because they don't know if they're going to get rejected. And who wants that? And that, and that's another nail in your coffin as, um, as a performer. Yeah. You know, you've got... But some people are shy. Kenny Everett used to say to me, right, because we used to see each other. I was filming that and he was doing um, cunning stunts and yeah, all that. yeah. yeah. And... Uh, Used to, they used to give us a party on the sixth floor. Anybody that's been in the series with the Beeb that year, he had a party. Party on the sixth floor, right? Yeah. Mm. Like yeah, I think boy. they still do it. It's supposed to thank you. Oh, do you. they? I've
1: just done a sitcom from BBC. I ain't been invited to the sixth oh. floor. Well, mate, right, is that right, so what you can will? Have a word,
0: please? <laughs> <laughs> no, you will. Yes, be, just speak to the agent. Yeah, can I just have cranky. a word in there? And uh, he used to say, "We well, have looked through that door. Is anybody in there? You just have a look. I said, they seem to be quite Oh, he said, I'm not going. I'm not going in Sue. So I said, Oh, come on, it'll be fine. You've only got to be there for 15 minutes. So he said, Oh, well, all right then. But you see, some people don't want no, to acknowledge. No. So I can yeah. see, I can see why. But going back to what you said, um, when I used to go back home sometimes, mm-hmm. and they'd go, Oh, you won't want to speak to us now, will you? Oh yeah. you yeah, of course I would. What are you talking about? <laughs> I said, You're my family and some and friends <laughs> and that. No, no, we're not good enough. And I said, oh. oh, no, no, please do not. Do not play that card. No, Can't no, no, know, yeah. don't do it. Just because I'm looking my job to meet all sorts of people does not mean to say that I'm absolutely any different. I might have met lots more different people to what you and I have ever known. But no, you adapt. Of you course. actually adapt. So it's like you were saying earlier, though, Hannah, when you said, you know, you're fortunate enough to, you can... You can speak with so-called working class. But, you know, you've met all sorts. You know, it's the person that you're talking to that matters. But that's an interesting
2: thing about going home and suddenly your parents, family, friends, presuming you're going to feel that you've elevated yourself beyond them that must be a tricky thing to yes, negotiate it
0: absolutely is because also coming back to what we said they are interested in you know oh where have you been today what show have you done today and then of course straight away i go oh i just went to uh, Soho recording studios and just did an advert for chewing gum but anyway anyway how's the family how's everybody going i, I don't mind i tell them that much but you don't want to, to go on and on court in. for a day <laughs> yeah. it's not bloody fair so, but then they soon, soon realise, and then when you say to them, Look, darling, would you like to come and see a recording of a show? Then you can see exactly what happens and you know and who you meet, and then I can introduce you. So that's how we dealt with it. We always used to invite all our families. I, I was with the uh, Make them part of it. Yeah. And it's marvellous. And then they realise, but haven't They realize that, it's not glamorous. Yeah. <laughs> it no ain't it's glamorous. glamorous. It's No. Work. But also also, they understand as well that they've loved it because the people that you're working with that you've introduced them to, they understand that pro- probably everybody's the same. Yeah. You see, what's really got on my nerves in the last two or three years is when a lot of people are making too much of this... Well, you know, it's only the... Um, it's only the Eddie Redmaynes of the world. I'm only using him as an example because yeah. he's the first one to tell you he's from Eton. Yeah. And, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Bloggs from somewhere like Burnley or whatever. Um, I mean, they probably... The upper class just somehow as well, they probably got their own intimidatory things. That of course. I'm probably too much of a posh boy and yeah. I never get to be in EastEnders. So, you know, it does work both ways, to be fair. But I do think... I think if you've been fortunate enough to have had a good education, you've been encouraged, doesn't matter whether it's eaten, it could be a fantastic secondary modern school. It's who inspires you. That's what you've got to have. Yeah. You know, and if they can see something in you, whatever you want to do, you want to be a welder, I say to people now, now look here, darling, I don't don't think you should go into the business unless you absolutely are prepared to not do as much work as you'd like, obviously, because there's thousands now for the one job. And you're not going to be an star overnight. No, no, no. it requires work, and also it quite it requires respect. I said you've got to work with a lot of people, and they're trying to make you look the best you can. So you have to respect the people you work with. Sue,
1: do you um? You've had
0: such a lengthy career. Is it? 50 odd years, would you With, say? Um, in two years' time, I'm thrilled to say 50. Yay! Yeah. That's amazing. Now, if that's, that's not all, a cause for a party, I don't know what it is. But also, it's incredible, you know, to
1: maintain. Like, it's just going back to what you just said about it's a bloody marathon and you have to keep working hard. You know, like you finished Heidi High, you did 10 years of it, and then, you know, you're back on the treadmill again and you're going, right, what's next? What's. And it's like, it's, you have to keep working hard. You can't stop. Um, obviously having spent so long in the industry and we are all coming at this from a place of privilege now um, I'm just interested to get your take on it really do you still feel working class at your roots do you still feel connected to your working class roots or are you somewhere
0: in between No that's it what you just said still connected that is absolutely the case that one word says it all yeah because deep down that gave you a fabulous chance from you were born to when you decided that you'd like to pursue your passion. But don't forget, you were shaped then, mm. 24 years of I was before I went into the business per se. Yeah. Now, you can't really disconnect yourself from that in a way. You've not, got yeah. to be able to always go, how lovely I'm I had such a fabulous people, you know, your friends, your family, and everybody. But equally, London and the profession has given me a superb life. Yeah. You know, so I have to try and equate the two and don't forget that, you know, other people have had faith in you and realised that, you know, but, you know, you have to learn from them as well. So I'd like to say I'm, I'm fully connected. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In, in 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 every class, yeah. really. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But you, you don't forget your roots. But equally... One doesn't want to, you know, expressly say, oh, well, I was on a counsellor's day, and I... Nothing wrong with that. But so often people define themselves as, you know, and it was a terrible da 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 But no, it doesn't matter. I know you're born in a counselor state, but who cares? Move on. We don't want you to actually constantly... Be defined by that beginning. Yes, or yeah. talk about it as if it's a big thing that's never going to leave you. Yeah. You know, you can't, but David Croft did say to me one day, he said, So you know when you're lucky enough to get a certain amount of money, he said, lifestyles do go to the next level mm. because you want um, a chocolate-covered cake instead ah! of a sponge. <laughs> you know, he, he sort of looked at it like that. So he said, the more you've got, the, the more, more you elevated are. you are, you see, and then you've got to be so careful that you're not money-oriented, yeah. You know, but I tell you one thing now. I'm certainly glad that I can turn left when I'm on a plane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's fabulous! I've got oh, it's I'm turning left. Thank you. I'm just gonna, as opposed to oh, it's not bloody steerage again, is it? <laughs> I'm mean, you know. Well, you well you've that. earned it. You've earned it. Yeah, you see, that's 50 the thing. years, you've earned it, yeah. you know. There's something I really
2: wanted to ask you, because you have, like, this amazing eclectic CV, which I love, and even as a director, I aspire to, because I love going from different genres to different genres. Like, I love that you're in Heidi High, and you've done Romeo and Juliet, and you've done Shout the Musical, and mm-hmm. then you've done Habeas Corpus. That's how I love to be as well. And when I meet other people, like, when I met you, I thought, oh, she's, you know... We've got that in common. We like being able to really move between things. Have you ever, though, like walked into anything where you felt like, oh, my gosh, like the imposter syndrome thing where you've gone into a Romeo and Juliet or somewhere where you thought, <gasps> has anything
0: ever made you feel? I think that might have been the one, actually. And my first and I'd be about 54. Wow, well, okay. obviously I was the nurse. But I thought to myself, look, Sue, it doesn't matter that this is your first go. Your producer knows. She obviously thinks you're good enough to do it. You wouldn't have got the job. That's why I'll say to the younger ones now, I said, yeah. you're bound to be anxious. You're bound to get a bit um, of anxiety. Because we all do still. It's part no, of the oh job. Oh, my God, yeah. So I went, no, come on, Sue, you'll be fine. Anyway, sadly, first off, my anxieties were slightly founded because the director, he was lovely, but um, I won't say, it's not fair, I never... Never mention, anyway, this director never seemed to come back in the afternoon. After lunch, <laughs> and I thought, but well, some days not come back. Well, and never, they, ever. Well, no, ne- he, he liked a long lunch. Yeah, that's it. Say, yeah. And of course, I didn't realise this, and I just I was getting a bit panicky, darling, because the thing is, we only had about two and a half weeks to rehearse, and you know oh, what they make you gosh, do? Gosh. They make you go round every morning for an hour, feeling the heat in bloody Padua. You know, you have to walk around. Oh, say, they've got this man in from some drama school. who was very lovely, but he said, "Can you feel the heat?" I yeah, again. Oh, we I opened said, it at the fortnight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so true and I thought, this can't be happening to me. I've got so much to bloody learn. Oh, I said, oh, it's, don't panic, Sue, don't panic. So then I had to say, because darling, you know, you're up against it. You don't yeah. want to drop anybody in it, but you have to make people aware. So I had to phone the producer. All I said was, I'm saying nothing, but he doesn't appear to come back. And... <laughs> didn't want to drop in it. So she said, No, it's just, I know, I know what's wrong. And, you know. So yeah, um, yeah. I went, Oh dear. Anyway, she said, It's all right. She said, It's okay. I'll, I'll have a, <laughs> a word. Anyway, they had the word, but um, he never came back.
2: Oh, oh that's right. all right. No. <laughs> so Not even still morning. in the pub, yeah. apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So we're still in the, uh, the um, Still in the
0: pub. Yeah. So we had the um, assistant director. It was absolutely marvellous. And he said to me, I said, I do know what this means, I said, Neil, I'm sure I do. I said, but I feel as if I'm acting in Kew Gardens. It's very flowery. I yeah. said, does that bit, you know, d- does that bit mean, well, I'm actually uh, going to get a pint of milk. I mean, something is straightforward yeah, is yeah, that. It yeah. often
2: does mean that, yeah. yeah.
0: So he said, yeah. So I said, oh, all right then. I said, as long as I've got the gist and I know what you want. Yeah. So I just thought, yeah, I've just got to get there. But, Exactly what you said, though, Hannah. When you're not used to that kind of scripture. Yeah. And well, you presumably have, have never done
1: it at school or covered it at school. you no. know. So you're like, it's like, what, what is this? It all lies in that education where you're like, I've never read anything like this. I've yeah. gone and seen it. I've never read
0: it. No, amazing. Yeah. So you go, all mm, right. And then you do get that little twinge of, oh, we've only had gone to grammar school. Then you think, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. And then you think, come on, so that's got nothing to do with it. You know, a lot of people have to come to grips and just get a grip yourself and, um, and do it because it wasn't just me. There was a lot of people in that show. You know, they had big parts. I mean, this poor yeah, Romeo. start
1: talking to other actors and a lot of them have that same fear, don't they? Yes. Because like, Shakespeare does have this thing about it where you go, oh, I don't think I'm clever enough to do it. Oh, That's yes. That's how I feel. Yeah.
0: Well, it was, but it's so true. And then you think, no, 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 no. And then when you do it, you think, oh, God, this was a tremendous experience. Uh, yeah. But i mean, loved it. I would do it again. Definitely I'd do it again because I think there's some great, um, and Shakespeare's funny!
2: Oh, very. You know, you
0: don't know that he's funny. But that's no. because
2: we've been taught in an over sort of academic way and actually Shakespeare is like meant for the working class people of, of, of his time. That's what it was for. It was You know, great. if it was taught yeah. by
1: someone like Sue going, so basically here, love, it, she's just wanting a, a cup of tea and she's saying, all right, then. You know, if it was taught like that, but loads instead, of kids it's wouldn't be scared of it.
2: and like, go, yes, of course, it's the original folio. And you're like, eh? Oh. <laughs> like, what's that <laughs> yeah. going to do? It's not what Shakespeare intended at all. He intended everybody to be, you know, having a few, drinks and coming in and out and watching the show. That's yeah. that's what it's written for in Shakespeare. You always notice that he repeats the plot loads. That's because everyone was hammered and they would go out genuinely, have sex, come back, and they'd have to be reminded of the plot all the time because they'd have missed it. <laughs> right. Whereas we think it's written for people to sit and go, oh, wonderful, wonderful. Yes. And we've created that. That's not what he created. We've yes. created this sort of mystery around yes, it. Yeah, so you're right.
0: A lot of people between then and now, they, in their own pretentious way, have elevated... Yeah, and trying to own it and
2: keep Mm -hmm. it from people and... Listen, I could genuinely talk to you all day. How we work together and got any work done, I do not know, because let's be honest, we both like a chat. We're going to continue this
1: down the pub, aren't we? We are going to continuing down the pub.
2: Listener, feel free to come along. (laughs) Um, It's Honestly, it's always so amazing to see you, and I could just listen to you talk all day. Uh, This was our chance to celebrate the amazing things you've done in your career and to celebrate everything that you've done and you as a person. But we always ask our guests... Before we wrap up, is there anyone
0: you'd like to celebrate who's been a big influence in your life? Yes, one of the major ones, apart from... It goes without saying. My mum and dad and my sister's been absolutely helpful. We had a teacher and he was absolutely tremendous. He was um, a religious instructor called Mr Edwards and he was very tall. I'd be about 16 last year at school. And uh, he said to us, never, ever ever give up your belief in that something is always going you see it makes me very emotional because I've still remembered it oh. and he said um, I was giving up hope in the war he said because oh. my wife sent me um, a 30 piece dinner service and he got the letter and he said and all it was he saw this letter and he said darling We've got the Willow Patton Place dinner service that we've been saving up for. And he said, that made me want to get back home more than anything else in my life. Now We were absolutely crying. Go, grown boys in the show were going, oh, Miss I can't believe it. So what I'm saying is, he was never afraid to let any emotion show. Mm. And he was human. And that, that's, I've always, forget, uh, always forgotten dear. I've never forgotten and always remembered it. So, yes, he was a great influence in my life. Bless him. Fabulous. What was his name again? Mr. Edwards. Did you ever find
1: out his first name? No. Oh, Mr. Oh, Edwards. was, better, was it? Mr. Edwards and oh. he was
0: six foot six. And we used to say, the boys would say to us after, you know, Mr. Edwards, you know why he's so tall? He was put on the rack. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I Sue, it's, it's been so amazing to talk to you, honestly. Like, I was so excited for today. And um, so we're going to celebrate you and, obviously, Mr Edwards. Thank,
0: thank you, you, Sue. So thank much. you so much, May I Sue. say thank you and every success with the podcast and everybody to do with it, Michelle and Ben, who've been absolutely terrific. And thank you. And thank you very much for asking me. I'm honoured. Thank you for coming. Oh, we're honoured. Pleasure. You. Bye, everyone. Bye.
1: Oh my God, I am so thrilled. And the inner child that was obsessed with Heidi High is like, well, life complete. What an incredible woman, an incredible... And actually, listener, uh, we went on to the pub uh, next door off straight after that and uh, we sat in the pub for about four hours knocking back the old Prosecco.
2: <laughs> and like one by one, like extra people joined the party, didn't they? Like we suddenly, you know, people just warmed to her so much. I feel like it's sort of an accident if I'm honest, isn't it? That it's turned out to be our Christmas episode. But it feels so perfect because that's what she is really, isn't she? She's like just a warm Christmas cracker. In fact, she often looks like one too. <laughs> she just is joy personified. And um, I'm so glad that that came across, or I hope it came across to the listener, is that she's herself and she, I suppose, an obvious word for it is, is eccentric and flamboyant, I always think is a better word for her. You know, she's she's full of that sort of theatrical wonder. But she is also the sharpest cookie with the most amazing work ethic unbelievably bright and I really hope that people get to see her do straight acting as well because she's one hell of an actress you know she really is a a force to be reckoned with and a joy
1: and um such a lovely way to end the series I think um that's kind of it guys with this that's the last one we're going to be back uh early next year Uh, we've got some amazing guests lined up and I know Hannah and I really just want to say thank you to everyone that's tuned in and and supported us it's really resonated in a way that we weren't expecting i would would just be happy if one person had added listen but it's, it's we
2: really... were actually uh giving a talk the other day weren't we law because someone asked us to about the podcast and law actually said we're just so chuffed that it wasn't only our mums who listened <laughs> and it really wasn't we're sort of blown away by the the level of people that have listened and to your incredibly kind emails and tweets and insta messages and it's just been really quite overwhelming so thank you thank you thank you
1: yeah hans absolutely right um we've been inundated with lots of people just messaging about the show and 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 guests they'd like on so we thought we might as well do an official email so um we'd love to hear from you any uh, guest ideas that you've got or any issues you want to bring up stories that you've got any Heroes, you'd like to share with us, working class heroes, please email in. And the place to do that is properclasspodcast at gmail.com. That is the properclasspodcast at gmail.com. Not the, just properclasspodcast at gmail.com. Have you got thank that? you, Nan?
2: <laughs> thank you, Nan, for the explanation there. <laughs>
1: Right, uh, so Merry much. Christmas, everyone! Thank you Merry so Christmas, much, everyone. Um, I hope uh, everyone stays safe and um, and whatever your Christmas turns out like, I, I hope it's a good one. We'll see you in the new year. Oh, Merry Christmas and keep it classy.
2: Oh Christ, I thought we were going to get away with that.
1: <laughs> Never. <laughs> The Proper Class Podcast is produced by Michelle Far scott for Rangaby Productions, edited by James Torrance, with music by Tommy Music. This episode was recorded at the Umbrella Rooms. Thank you so much for downloading the Proper Class Podcast, but we just wondered if we could ask a little favour of you and talk you into hitting the old subscribe button. I mean, I've no idea where that is, but I'm sure you'll figure it out. That way you'll never miss out on any of our up-and-coming amazing guests.